This podcast was brought to you by AD Banker and Company, specialists in licensing your office staff for property and casualty or life and health since 1979. Licensing webinar classes now available so your staff can study and learn at home or right there in your office. For more information, go to adbanker.com. Our guest is Dagon Garris, Jr., who has been a member of the Chairman's Council of New York Life Insurance Company for a number of years. Members of the Chairman's Council rank in the top 3% of New York Life's elite sales force of more than 12,250 licensed agents. Mr. Garris has been a New York Life agent since 2005 in Houston, Texas. He is a LUTCF with the American College of Insurance, a member of the Houston chapter of the Society of Financial Services Professionals, and a member of the Insurance Industry's Million Dollar Roundtable. He received his BA degree from Uppsala College and an MBA degree from Rutgers University Graduate School of Management. And he lives in Spring, Texas with his wife, Patricia. Please welcome to our program, Dagon Garris. Our guest today is uh, Dagon Garris uh, with New York Life in Houston, Texas. Uh, welcome to our program. Uh, good morning, Dennis. Thanks for having me here. It's great to be here. I'm looking forward to our conversation, and uh, I'm ready to go. All right. That sounds great. Uh, I have been for several days as well looking forward to the opportunity to talk to you. Uh, tell me a little more about uh, your business. Uh, uh, I understand you're with New York Life. I am. I've been with New York Life for almost 12 years. Started out the business late in life, but I'm having a lot of fun and success. My practice is mainly made up of uh, business owners and or uh, high to medium net worth individuals. I kind of focus on retirement and asset and wealth building. Now, what kind of customers, uh, you know, how many customers do you have, and are they spread all over the country, or is it pretty much just focused in the Houston metro area? I have approximately 350 customers, and they are spread out all over the country. Uh, I have them in Florida, Arkansas, California, New York, uh, and, of course, Texas, uh, and even in your state, Kansas. Really? Okay. Well, it's uh, it's uh, look uh, forward to opportunities when you can come up to Kansas. Everybody wants to travel to Kansas, you know. Well, yes, and it's, I thought about it uh, after I said that. Originally, I got accepted to Kansas State, but I didn't go because I was living in New Jersey, and I thought that was too far to travel. That wasn't too smart, but... That's what happened. Well, being a K-Stater, uh, we would have welcomed you uh, had you come out. Uh, that was my uh, alma mater as well. Say, so, uh, so you were living in New Jersey. Is that where you grew up? Where was your hometown? Well, actually, I was born in Bradenton, Florida, moved to uh, Mount Clair, New Jersey in the eighth grade, uh, went to high school, uh, then went out to Illinois in college and met my wife. And then we moved back to New Jersey and stayed there until I graduated from college and also my, uh, got my MBA from Rutgers. Yeah. And well, what was your, uh, when you were growing up, uh, what was one of your favorite, sounds like you traveled a bit with, what was one of your favorite childhood memories? My summers, it was interesting. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, but my parents, when I was growing up, 
uh, prior to moving to New Jersey, they were looking for a new place to settle and build a life. So every summer we spent it someplace for the summer, uh, Rochester, Minnesota, uh, um, New York, uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, uh, Maryland, and then one summer we didn't go home. And then I knew, I guess what, we were moving to New Jersey. And I've been traveling uh, ever since. Yeah. Well, what kind of uh, work uh, did your, your mom and dad uh, do? What, what kind of businesses were they in? My dad was an entrepreneur. Uh, he owned and ran several dry cleaners. And my mom was a math teacher. So uh, early on, uh, did you ever dream of uh, taking over the dry cleaners uh, empire? Well, initially, yes, that was his dream. And then I went and got my MBA and thought I was smart and decided to go work for a major corporation. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, say, uh, we don't want to get uh, too far ahead of ourselves. When you were a kid, uh, uh, what do you find that you were really good at? Uh, what, uh, when uh, you uh, felt confident at, or what did you feel like you were really good at when you were in school? I was good at, in science and math. Uh, and I guess that goes back to my mom. Uh, so I always did well there. Uh, whether we had, uh, science labs or science exhibits, uh, that was my, how can I say, at one time I thought I wanted to be an astronaut. Then I figured out I was afraid of heights and that wasn't gonna work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about, uh, you know, what did you really stink at? What did you, you think, uh, here's a subject, but boy, I'd rather have not have anything to do with. Well, it was mostly, let's say, history and English. And I think it was more of, I didn't apply myself because I didn't find that interesting. Uh, I guess science projects and mathematic equations, they kind of piqued my interest. And the other part, I did enough to uh, get B's, but not to excel at. Yeah, so then you went off to college, uh, and I understand you went to Uppsala College. Uh, where is that? Well, that actually was in East Orange, New Jersey. It, it no longer exists, but it was an extension of uh, Uppsala College out of Sweden, in Uppsala, Sweden. Okay. And, yes. Yeah, and then... Uh, uh, so uh, Rutgers, of course, that's in New Jersey as well, isn't it? Yes. Uh, for those who don't know, it's actually the State University of New Jersey. It's been around, God, since I think 1792 or something like that. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. Well, I know they've had a, a good, uh, good basketball team for a number of years. Uh, yes, but this past couple of years, uh, you and I could have made the team. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you don't know how bad I, I am at that, uh, that sport, so that, uh, that's, that's a reach. Uh, well, tell me about when you get out of sc school and you've got your MBA, uh, tell me about your, your first job. Uh, what did you uh, jump into when you got out of school? Of all things, my first job right out of college, I graduated on a, on a Sunday and that Monday, I went off to work for Ortho Pharmaceutical, which is a part of Johnson & Johnson, and I was a pharmaceutical salesperson. And I called on doctors, clinics, uh, teaching hospitals for approximately, I guess, about eight years. And during that time, that's when I also got my MBA at night. And then once I got that, uh, my wife, who I've been married to for, uh, 
God, it'll be 50 years next year. She was working for another insurance company, and she got promoted to Illinois. And so we decided that because of her promotion, I would switch companies and work for another company in Illinois. And so I ended up with uh, the GTE system, which was a telephone utility company, and uh, I switched from outsource, outside sales to actually being a um, staff person in the sales and marketing department for them. And uh, that, uh, what uh, what was it in that? And it sounded like you had a pretty uh, comfortable position and a and a career. Uh, what caused you to take a look and and consider a change uh, to the insurance and financial services business? Well, yes, I guess you could say somewhat comfort. Unfortunately, every time I got with a good corporation, because I worked for several of them. Uh, they decided that they wanted to right-size, downsize, reorganize, etc. And having gone through that a couple of times, um, when the opportunity for New York Life came up, I sat back and I thought and I said, look, I'm older than most people. I want to retire at some point in time, and I'd like my retirement to go in a certain way. So maybe what I can do is kill two birds with one stone. I can go to work for them. I can help plan my retirement, and hopefully I can help others. And so that's how I got to New York Life. And I thought I'd be retired at this time, but uh, as you can see, I'm still going, and I probably will go for the next, I don't know, uh, 10 years or more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me about uh, how you come across the opportunity, and uh, and uh, was it a like a classified ad? Uh, some of our listeners probably don't know what classified ads are, but uh, was it an ad or a friend, or how did you get uh, get connected and get hooked up in the business? Uh, it was not really a classified ad. My resume—I had put my resume out, and it was on the internet. And the recruiting uh, senior partner picked it up, and he contacted me. And at the time, I was a branch manager for another large corporation here in town. And so we had several interviews. And toward the last interview with him, I looked over and I said, we both recruit for a living. Uh, I recruit sales managers, salespeople for my company, and of course you recruit agents for your company. Um, so what I'd like to do is meet with several agents so I can really get the real skinny of what goes on. And he was nice enough. He sat me up with two guys, and one turned out to be my mentor for the first 18 months. And uh, that's how I came on board. You know, it's uh, once you got on board, uh, of course, there's always a first. Uh, tell me about your first customer. Uh, you know, who was the, the first customer uh, that you were able to put on the books, and, uh, and uh, what was the relationship that you found with them? Uh, good question. My first customer was a uh, friend of the family. Uh, that I met with, and I remember sitting down with him, and at the time we had known each other for 
boy, I want to say at least 10 years, and he was an attorney. So I met with him. He was the managing partner of this firm, and we began to talk. And about five minutes into the conversation, he told me that his dad had been a life insurance agent for 40-some years, which I did not know. And he said, so he understood what I was about to do. He believed in it. And what we probably ought to do, his firm had a uh, legal binding agreement for uh, the partnership, should one die or leave, but they didn't have funding for it. Hmm. And he thought that would be a discussion that we might want to have with he and his partners. Hmm. And so that's what happened. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. And here you had uh, been friends for for quite some time and never had that kind of a conversation. Uh, no, we talked about, uh, of course, sports, uh, trips, his practice, uh, what I did, but never that part of the conversation. Yeah. Well, it's uh, what do you find that you do really well when you uh, and you've uh, it, it may have come natural or it may have been something you've really worked on. But what do you find that is one of your your key personal strengths? Uh, this I've worked on. I will confess. Okay, uh, I like to solve problems and pro- and provide solutions. So I'm very good at. Um, I think asking questions from a consultative standpoint, trying to understand uh, the individual requirements because they will, while they may be the same, they will have different unique characteristics with them and listening good and then putting together a solution that we both agree on and then want to participate in because if you're going to be my client, I want you to participate in the decision-making process also. Yeah, yeah. You know, all professionals like yourself uh, uh, understand that we, we've got areas where we're really strong, but we also have areas where we really need to pay attention and work at. Uh, you know, any professional realizes when you get up to the plate, you're going to swing at every ball or most balls that are in the strike zone, but you may only hit, uh, if you hit three out of ten, you're doing really well. You know, what's an area of your your personal part of the business that you feel like you have to keep your eye on to in order to continue to improve it? Uh, probably because I've been in sales or sales management for a long time, sometimes I forget about the basics, yeah. uh, the process. And so from time to time, in fact, uh, my wife is asking me this morning because I've had a great run of appointments over the last 30 days, she said, what's changed? And as I pointed out to her, uh, last year our economy in Houston was slow because we're based on the oil industry, and so business was a little slow, so I went back to the basics saying, okay, when you started in the business or when you started in any sales business, what did you do to get prospects? And so from time to time, getting back to your question, I forget about those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are you active in your community? Uh, do, do you, uh, what kind of activities do you have going on uh, outside of the office? Uh, from time to time, depending on where we are, the answer is yes. Uh, right now, 
we're active, my wife more than I, in trying to improve our political process and our voting. Uh, meaning we have elections, whether they're national or statewide or what have you, and we want to have more people participate in that process. Hmm. Also, I'm active at my church uh, in different organizations uh, trying to make sure that people who don't have uh, the advantages that I've had, whether it's education or finances, try to impart my wisdom on them and help them do better. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, do you feel like uh, being active and involved in the community in the ways that you are has a has a positive impact on your business? Uh, yes, if no more than it grounds me yeah. because uh, I have clients who have uh, a lot of assets. And sometimes if you stay in that world, you lose sight of the rest of the world that's around you. And I like to be grounded uh, at least once a year where I can go and say, boy, am I fortunate to do what I do. Yeah, yeah. Say, so how has the, and you've been in it a number of years now, uh, how has the business uh, changed, uh, say, you know, uh, your first year in business, and what you encountered, uh, and and say the past year in business, uh, what's uh, what's been the biggest changes that you've personally experienced uh, from uh, from then to now? Um, I would say one of the biggest changes, and in fact we're going through it now, is the actual process of how we do applications. Uh, when I started in the business, it was mainly paper, meeting with clients, getting their signatures, etc. Uh, now we have a choice, and we're focusing more on doing a lot of things online. So as an example, I'm working on a case or a couple of cases where I uh, meet with the person or uh, interview them and talk to them via the phone do an electronic application, email that application to them. They sign it, and it goes to the carrier. And the first time I may meet them face-to-face is when I deliver the policy. Yeah, yeah. What do you feel uh, sets your business apart from others? How do you, how do you differentiate yourself in the, the business, uh, uh, the financial services business today? I try to offer a value, meaning if, you're going to become my client. I've got to provide you something that's going to make you want to first become my client, second, stay my client, and then hopefully third, recommend me to others. If I can't provide you that value, then it becomes transactional, and transactional relationships are not long-lasting relationships. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's for sure. It's, uh, you know, you've been calling on uh, customers and prospects for a number of years, uh, and I'm sure you've seen some surprises. Uh, you know, what most often kind of creeps up as uh, surprises you the most often uh, with your clients? Uh, most recently, it's interesting. 
now I'm trying to meet if if it's not a business, even with the business people also, I'm trying to meet the spouse when I have the first meeting because I want both parties to be a part of the conversation because if it's an insurance policy, it's going to be the spouse that I'm really going to be talking to when uh, the insured dies. Mm-hmm. Recently, I uh, went up to Dallas, and I went up to meet with a client that had been referred. His spouse was there. We went through the meeting, and I could tell in the meeting he still wasn't convinced. So toward the end of the meeting, I suggested that we just reschedule another meeting, think about what we talked about, and see if we could make some progress. When I made that, his wife asked this question. She says, what you're proposing, does it make a difference between whether you are male or, or, or female? And it had to do with investments and retirement. I said, no, uh, <laughs> that's gender neutral. She said, well, while he's trying to figure out what to do, I'm convinced, I'm retired, I've been looking for a home for my 401k money, um, will you take my money right now? Which is just clear out of the blue. Mm-hmm. And so what that told me was, if you continue to have meetings like that, you never will know who's going to be convinced in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And to be prepared for that and, you know, move forward. Yeah. Now, do you find that when you meet clients, uh, are they, uh, most of them all uh, pretty well financially fixed up in good shape, uh, just a matter of tweaking some things? Or, or do you find clients that are... Uh, uh, say in uh, in need. The majority of them are in need. One one of the I guess saddest things that's happening in our country, um, people from a financial standpoint, the majority of them, not all of them, are very weak when it comes to finances. Uh, whether they have a lot of assets or they have no assets. Uh, some of them are lucky because they did a couple of things prior to, but once they get some, they really don't know what to do with them to preserve them and or grow them. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes no difference. I've got clients who have uh, millions of dollars, and I have clients who have, you know, not that much, and they all fall in the same same category. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think is uh, some of the biggest challenges uh, your your practice or the industry or your organization faces today? Uh, what's the biggest issue or the, the issues that we face uh, in the financial services business? Convincing people that they really need to uh, prioritize that. Yeah. Normally what people do, uh, life happens. Uh, you go to college, you get married, you have kids and a family, and you think things are going to be okay and you're going to live forever, and guess what? You wake up one day and you're, I don't know, 60, 70, and you didn't do some of the things that you said you were going to do at the beginning, 
and now you do a rush to try to catch up and fix it. And I found that that really doesn't work unless you hit the lottery. And hitting the lottery is like getting struck by lightning. Yeah. And neither one of them can be good if you're not prepared. Yeah. Now, you've been in the business uh, long enough to obviously get some uh, enjoyment and enthusiasm for it. What excites you most about uh, what you do and, uh, and going uh, and proceeding forward in the next few years? I get to help people and I get to see the results of our joint project for helping them. Prior to coming to this business, I was good at helping companies, but I never really, really knew did it help the individual workers in the companies. But now, uh, when I do something, whether it's planned for your retirement or unfortunately uh, insured one of your loved ones who is no longer here, I'm the one that will show up and say, um, based upon the conversations we had before, you don't have to lose your home or you don't have to do the following because we had an insurance policy and I have the proceeds from that uh, to make your life easier and you can make decisions. Yes. And that always, when I, when I can do something like that, that's a real good day. Yeah, that sounds exciting. Um, you know, when you were, you obviously traveled uh, when you were young with your parents, uh, uh, from uh, different cities, uh, and you watched your parents, uh, what would be, uh, say, some advice or example uh, that uh, your mom or dad uh, either either told you about or the example they set that uh, you look back on and you think, doggone, they had it, uh, they had it nailed right? Uh, a couple of things. Uh, because my mom and all of her sisters and brothers uh, were educated, the first thing was get as much education and learn as much about something as you can and then apply it. And then a more importantly one from a financial standpoint is pay yourself first. If you pay yourself first, whether that's in a savings account, uh, a bucket, a jar, whatever, that will help you in the future. And so with those two things, that's what I've been trying to do, God, um, since I can remember. Yeah. Well, that sounds uh, like a good, uh, a good, uh, good advice and a good strategy. And uh, say, if you weren't uh, here with us on this podcast today or have any appointments today, uh, what would you be doing today? It's a beautiful day in Houston. It's supposed to be 75. I would think I'd like to go to the golf course. <laughs> well, that sounds like a great plan. Is that what you got on the agenda, or have you got something more serious involved today? I have more serious things involved today. I've got an appointment this afternoon, and I've got to prepare for three other appointments this week. Uh, it's a busy week, but it's a good week. Well, uh, that sounds wonderful. Uh, say, uh, Dagon, uh, our, just for our listeners, this is Dagon Garris, uh, top producer with uh, New York Life in Houston, Texas. Uh, Dagon, it's been wonderful to visit with you and learn more about your business today. Uh, it's been wonderful visiting with you, Dennis, and thank you again for allowing me to uh, talk with you. You betcha. Have a good day. Bye. You do the same.
Oh, hi, you're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.